You are listening to the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 37th episode of the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast. My name is Asa. And I'm Allison. And today, let's take it away with Emmanuel Chabrier. And we'll be listening to his España Rhapsody for Orchestra. So once, you and me, Asa, we were performing Ravel's Rhapsody Espanol, and our conductor told us a very interesting truth. And that is that the best Spanish music of the Romantic era wasn't actually written by the Spaniards, but rather by the French. So we might know uh, Ravel's Rhapsody Espanol, but today we're not talking about Ravel, but rather a lesser-known Frenchman, Mr. Emmanuel Chabrier and his España Rhapsody for Orchestra. Now, Emmanuel Chabrier was born in 1841, and as a child, he was very interested in both the art and music of Paris. He even published small works for piano as early as age 14. However, Chabrier didn't really have an intention of becoming a professional musician, and actually eagerly began law school in 1858. So much as he was a musical prodigy in youth, he was also very good at law, and quickly became well-respected within the field. He did, though, impressively, keep working at music in his free time. However, in 1879, a young Chabrier came to a turning point in his life. Like so many composers of this time all throughout Europe, he heard the grand works of Richard Wagner, and the power of Wagner's music was so inspiring to Chabrier that he actually quit his law profession and became a full-time musician. And with this change of pace, Chabrier was really able to fully flex his composing muscles. (laughs) Not his decomposing muscles. (laughs) (laughs) Those are what he's flexing now. (laughs) In 1880, he produced one of the greatest French piano works of the Impressionist era, called Ten Pieces Pinterests. He was also able to really include himself fully in the Parisian avant-garde art scene, for years, he had been friends with the Impressionist painter Edouard Manet, and he now himself could become a well-known leader in this Impressionist world. Also, prior to leaving his law post, Chabrier had many opera attempts and aspirations, and now with his life dedicated to music, he really had a boom of opera production and comic operas such as Le Roi Magrevi. And Chabrier's España was also written during this time in 1883. For he had visited Spain, and like many other composers we've talked about, as well as Maurice Ravel, found inspiration in the vibrant folk music he found while he visited. And he was always one to push the limits of normality, and the striking offbeats he found in the Spanish music were right up his alley. Chabrier was sort of like Satie in a way, writing about silly things in a serious but not too serious way. So though he did well writing more serious topics in his dramatic operas, his small songs often took a humorous note, such as his Villanelle de Petit Canard, which describes anthropomorphized ducks that stately march around the countryside. Now, despite his humor and his compositional output, regrettably, once he turned his life over completely to music, Chabrier had only 14 years of musical life 
because in his later years he suffered gradual mental and physical collapse. His masterpiece opera, Gwendolyn, was premiered while he was still alive, but due to his mental fog, he sadly didn't even realize that he was hearing his own composition. And he died in 1894, but left an extensive collection of masterful French Impressionist works. So let's dive into España, the Rhapsody for Orchestra. As we mentioned, even though this work was written by a French composer, there are many aspects of it that Chabria included that really drive home the point that it is meant to be a Spanish work. So first, the main melody as laid out by the bassoon and trumpet is very reminiscent of a strummed Spanish guitar. The repeated 16th notes sound like a fancy string ornamentation. And there is also judicious use of the tambourine that punctuates the orchestral lines. And unlike many other compositions that use tambourine more in line with the background voices, in this composition, it gets to play along with the melody. I think this effect in particular mimics castanets, a percussion instrument that's also utilized in strategic locations within the score, but sadly are not as loud as the tambourine. We mentioned that Chabrier liked his awkward rhythms, and this piece really is full of them. There are, in my mind, two types of awkward rhythms that he uses. The first is a repeated awkwardness that is simply due to the time signature, and the second is unexpected rhythms that take place at key transition moments. So we heard many instances of this first awkwardness back in the main melody, and what makes this melody different is the 16th notes that we mentioned before. They provide an emphasis to whatever part of the beat they fall on, and the following eighth notes are less emphatic. So it sounds at first that the pattern is going to be two sixteenth notes followed by one eighth, but Chabrier fools us and doesn't actually continue the pattern. So the emphasis of the sixteenth notes ends up being on a different part of the beat than we expected. since he uses this melody so much throughout the work, we really get used to this lopsided pattern, and after a while, it starts to feel more groovy. Another example of this awkward rhythm is in the contrast of the bass line and the melody of the second theme. The bass line is simple quarter notes on the downbeat, but the melody is a long line of eighth notes over the top. The turnaround point of the eighth notes and the change in harmony of the bass don't quite seem to line up right in the middle of the phrase, but by the end, it's all worked itself out. Now the second type of awkward or off-kilter melody, which occurs at the transitions, is a little less groovy because it's never the same way twice. The first transition point is right between the intro and the first statement of the theme. We have the strings going up with sweeping 16th notes, and it really feels like the pattern should go on for just one sequence more, but instead we get three silly downward 8th notes that bring us back to the melody. 
Later in the piece, Chabrier has set up a new theme for us. It's a nice little two-part theme that has a half cadence in the middle and a resolution at the end. He outlines it once and starts it again, but stops at the half cadence without actually finishing it. And he instead goes right into a new statement of this theme, but with different orchestration. As the piece comes to a conclusion, Chabrier really goes all out with passing of the melody around the orchestra. So, so many times throughout the piece, he has already written the theme to be played in its entirety by a single instrument or group of instruments. Now, however, he has it jumping all over from the strings to the flutes back to the strings, with the phrase being abruptly finished by the clarinets, and so on and so on with various different combinations of instruments. However, by the end, everyone has come together to play a nice, stately, harmonious grand finale. Now, much like Ravel's Rhapsody Espanol, I don't think anybody would doubt that this piece is inspired by Spanish music, perhaps even without, even though it doesn't directly quote Spanish folk tunes. We mentioned that Chabrier wrote in the Impressionist era of French music, and when you hear Impressionist, you might think like Debussy and his flowing and airy sort of works. But this piece from Chabrier is really an impression of Spain, and so while it's still powerful and fun and dancing-like, it is still Impressionistic. We hope that you've enjoyed listening to this short episode of Emmanuel Chabrier and his España Rhapsody for Orchestra. If you like what we're doing here on the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast, you can find us and all the rest of our works on Facebook. Just find the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast and leave a review on iTunes or Google Play. For our next upcoming episode, we will probably have a winter holiday special in store for you, so look Ooh. out for that. Yes. But until then, I am Allison. And I am Asa. Thank you so much for listening to the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast. Chabrier's Espana was performed by the Waterloo Cedar Falls Symphony with Northeast Iowa High School musicians conducted by Jason Weinberger. You can find The Coffeehouse on iTunes and Google Play. Like us on Facebook to share episode links with your friends. You can email us at coffeehouseclassical at gmail.com.